Lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast from Lance, Coach, and Randall. Gabe Gifford Hockey is our Season 2 sponsor. Fantastic young man. He has recorded 21-hour stick time lessons and put them online as a course. It'll take your little champion through 20 hours of competitive hockey lessons. You can get more out of stick and puck with your child. It's better, and it's a lot less expensive than a regular private coach would be. Give him a look, because he's a great kid, and he's helped us out a lot. Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the Youth Hockey Podcast. Uh, this is Randall Gifford, alongside uh, Lance Alexander, and of course, the coach, Dave Ralston. And we would like to thank you all for spending your time listening to us try to help you guys navigate the youth hockey landscape. I got to tell you, sometimes we'll probably go off topic. We're old people. We're, we're, we enjoy the sport to a great degree, but occasionally we go a little bit far afield. And I want to apologize for that up front. And now I would like to say that all I want from Lance Alexander this episode is for you to go off on tangent after tangent. Do you think you could do that for me, Lance? Of course, that's what makes us endearing to everybody. Oh, endearing. Excellent job. Yes, uh, Raleigh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We could have we could have gone off on, on the Shaq topic. I was all ready to go last time, but uh, he's talking kept about it on track. 11 where we talked about what uh, Laker we would be and why I wanted to be Shaq because I found him to be kind of cuddly and funny. Uh, okay, gentlemen. Uh, if you were Lance Alexander, who would you be out of that group? Who would I be, boy? Um, King James. It's King James. You you are the, you are the the franchise. I'd probably be, I'd probably say Magic because Magic just was loved by all. Last episode, you, know? you said I was Magic. What the hell, Lance? What, that, see, <laughs> no, this is why from a we need to rehearse. Level. What <laughs> from a skill level? You're Magic. You're you dish. Oh. And and I'm there to dunk the ball for you, but in just but then you you're going to be willed. Okay, it, does it have to be a Laker? Would you take over before I before I have a have some kind of uh, well? I was going to take over, Randy, but uh, yeah. you told me I, I wanted to expose myself this episode, oh, but geez. you said that's kind oh, of no. off the limit. Oh no, Ralston, please. <laughs> is I have I have not said this before, but is this the one where we need to stop and? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, 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 Raleigh! Thank you. It's just gone uh, so wrong. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's dive directly into the coach's corner and see what he's got for us today. I hear, uh, Coach Ralston, that you would like to talk a little bit about skate sharpening. I know that all of us. I bought one of those skate sharpeners. It broke, by the way. Hang on, hang on. No, yeah, no, we're going to get one. to that. We're going to get okay, to two that. hours. Like, two hours of skate sharpening. Let's okay, go. Yeah, please. <laughs> what I meant was, let me tee this up and not have any personal uh, uh, contact with it until you are done. Coach yes. Ralston, skate sharpening, go. Okay, well, so I bet there's a lot of people who start out and, um, you know, if they, they get their kids skates and they realize the skates have to be sharpened from time to time and they don't really have any idea what's going on there what the what the basics of skates you know sharpening and tech and everything is so i figured we could talk about it for a couple minutes and we're just going to talk about uh, um, a couple of the concepts there and maybe educate people so you know what, dave let me help 
lob you the ball there too, because I'll tell you, I know nothing about skate sharpening, but here's what I know, which is probably a hundred percent wrong. And that you can help correct me and lead us through the correctness. So Go my understanding is uh, if I remember correctly, um, like the, the middle of the road is like half inch sharpening. Uh, so like if I went below half an inch, like three eighths, one fourth, I was always of the impression that it's, you're going to skate slower, but you could cut, you, you know, it's like you could cut on an edge because your skates are so sharp. Whereas if you went the other direction, like three fourths or even uh, a flat one inch uh, that you're going to glide more on the ice and be faster, but you can't, you're going to have trouble making cuts and turns because just skates are basically duller. That's um, what I know, which I'm sure yes. is wrong. So you can no, correct it's, me. No, you're, you're right. You, you jumped, you jumped way ahead. Cause I wanted to just start with, you know, what, what exactly when you're, when the skate's being sharpened, what's happening. So if you, if you look at the, at the blade of the skate, which I'm sure, you know, people have hopefully, you know, parents have done, you, you look at the bottom of the blade, you'll notice that there, you know, there's a hollow in the blade where the blades being been carved out. And so it's, it's leaving on the edges the the edges are going to touch the ice first. And then there's a rounded hollow piece of the blade that part of the blade that's been hollowed out by sharpening and the size, the dimension dimensions of that hollow is the number that, you know, you need to tell the skate sharpening guy, what you want your skate sharpened at. And as you said, Lance, absolutely correct. The, it, it's, I think, traditionally always been that a half inch is sort of the default. Um, and I, maybe, maybe that's even what skates come with, uh, blades come with now. Well, actually, I, I probably not. Now, when I think about it, you, skates now, you buy them, they're, they're not sharp yet, and then you get them sharpened wherever you bought them. But um, that half inch hollow, it's not really halfway. Halfway is sort of between five eighths and nine sixteenths inch uh, hollows. But uh, yeah, the 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 more the the deeper that hollow is, the sharp you know the sharper the skates are. And as you said, it's going to be easier to turn. It's going to be easier to you know kind of dig your edges in. Whereas on the other side of it, less hollow. Um, I think you go to something like one inch uh, and things like that, that you're talking about um, that, that gets closer to what, you know, goalie skates are goalie goalies because they have to slide more side to side have traditionally had less hollow. Um, that's the goalie skate tech has changed a lot. And now the goalies are getting sharper skates than they, they used to have. But uh, like back in the olden days, it was, you, know, you put on a pair of goalie skates and you stepped out, and you're just sliding sideways because there's very little hollow. But um, when you have less hollow, there, there's going to be more of the blade that's touching the ice. So there's, there's less friction. And so you kind of have more of the blade to use to dig in. And what you see is that um, NHL players have of they use a wide variety of these things and they even there's even some some tech out there and some techniques where they'll do something on the bottom of the blade and i'm not really going to talk anything about that but uh 
but there's these different types of, uh, of sharpening things you'll you'll come to find and some players like these things but uh but you will find that uh, there's a whole variety and there's a lot more players skating with something less than a half inch and um i i will say that uh just just a little factoid like some years back i saw a piece of paper or i had i had uh, a piece of paper that someone had taken a picture of an nhl team i won't say which one it was and it had all the players listed and their individual sharpenings. So I just kind of went through it to see, well, what's, what's the most popular one. And the most popular one for that team was five eights. So it just sort of tells you that there's a, there's a preference towards less of a hollow, which provides more glide, some more, you know, lateral movement and things like that. So that, so that's your, that's your basic, um, tech of you know the the hollow and the radius of the hollow so question for you dave as yep. a new parent entering into this do you just trust the guy sharpening your skates or how does how do i find my son's best uh best cut what what works for him um well that is a great question i i mean i i will I will say from my own experience that there was definitely times when my skates were too sharp as a, that they were sharper than they should have been as a kid. And so since back in those days, uh, I'm sure they were half inch or deeper. If you know, the guy sharpening, it wasn't that exact about it. Um, but Dave, I didn't even know they sharpened skates back in the time that you actually played. Did they have the technology wow. to actually craft steel and then wow. sharpen it? They they did indeed, <laughs> and uh, they used the same you know sharpening wheels and things like that. That uh, oh, now I Randy. did I did have now, were to... they powered manually instead of by or a steam engine back then? Because I no, I know no. the electricity couldn't have been working. At no, that the, point. there was a man at a wheel. He had a he had a uh, like a thing that he'd have to step on to run the wheel. You know, with his it's foot. All makes sense. But uh, I saw that a few times. But um, but I will say I did have to carve my own sticks out of wood. Um, I had a great stick that there was a lightning bolt that hit a tree in my backyard, and uh, and I carved that stick out of that. And that was uh, where, the question for you. So many goals. Oh, sorry, no, was Robert Redford involved in this at all? I'm sorry, Kevin Costner. I was doing Field okay, of Dreams. The stick was called been. Wonder Boy. All right. Yeah. We, okay. Do we okay. have to go there? But yeah, uh, you know what? Well, here's anyway. my question for you, Raleigh. So yes. You said that you're at one point they were too sharp. How did you know? I mean, what was the sensation that told you that they were too uh, sharp? I, I mean, just tr trying to stop, like you know, trying to stop shouldn't be taking your life into your hands. And that's what it was with those skates, you know, at that age. And we're talking, maybe I was 10, 11, 12. I, I don't, you know, remember exactly, but, the, but what used to happen is I get my skate sharpened and, or, you know, a couple of times. And, and after that, I was like, Holy crap, these things are sharp. Like I have to be really careful to, you know, transfer my weight properly and you'd skate on them for a while and eventually they sort of degrade so that they weren't so sharp anymore. Um, so that tells me that it is, that, that it's very possible for us to have with younger kids too much of a, of a hollow. And I would probably um, opt 
for something, you know, it, okay, maybe you start with a half inch and see how the kids go and maybe then back off from that. But I don't think a kid getting their skate sharpened at nine sixteenths or five eighths is necessarily a bad thing. I think you have your kid try different things out and, uh, and just in general, consider that there it's going towards, you know, professionals are more, um, are, are getting less, less of a radius in their hollow. Um, so what do you think about the new, uh, the new, instead of going to the place and getting the skate sharpened, doing that at home? I, I, yeah, well, let, let me talk about I said, that. I, but... I actually bought one of the Sparks machines. Uh, my son then took it somewhere and I don't know what he did to it, but it no longer sharpens skates. It's a very expensive paperweight in the corner of my garage. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's, that's now that's that's a different thing but while it was sharpening skates it seemed to do a pretty good job what are your thoughts on that yes um uh absolutely um okay so there are two uh competing uh home sharpeners commercial home sharpeners there's also some some less expensive devices which are kind of like re-edgers that you can get um now that the sharpeners do you recall what you paid for yours, uh, your Sparks? Because that's one of the two big brands. I believe that was $699 on the Black Friday price of free shipping and no tax. Right, right. So um, so basically you've got the Sparks and you've got the ProSharp. ProSharp is a... Uh, hey, Dave, not to interrupt you, but can you explain to people, by the way, because I think this is important, because, you know, there's traditional sharpening, and then there's sparks. I don't know if people realize that sparks is like you stick your shoe in a machine and it kind of does it for you and you don't yeah. even touch it. Well, yes, exactly. These, these home, uh, these two home machines are, you don't know anything about sharpening. You don't train, you don't uh, have to manually do it yourself because people have always been able to, you know, buy their own professional sharpening equipment if they want and learn how to do it. But then you're kind of manually, you know, interacting with the, uh, with the process. Although I will say, um, like the pro sharp company, they sell a whole range of equipment up to professional, but, but, uh, but these, um, these machines, the sparks and the pro sharp, and maybe, maybe there's some other ones out there. Uh, those are the main ones I know about. They're, they're actually used by like professional, uh, that they're used by NHL teams and the NHL teams and stuff because those guys have to sharpen skates so frequently that um, you know that they they do a really good job. Um, basically, what happens with the machines is you you put the the whole skate in there into the machine and you kind of lock it in and you hit a button and it sharpens you know however many times you want uh, the the skates. Um, they you know they're because they're a machine they are going to do this exact same sharpening every time. And um, you can see some people might have some complaint, but uh, once you get it like kind of calibrated and set up, there's something really nice about uh, the fact that these things will, um, you know, will, will sharpen your skates whenever you want them, wherever, and both of them can be taken with you on trips and things like that. Um, uh, can I, I quickly interject that it's not a great idea to let your son take them on a trip. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, probably. Well, it's funny you say that because <laughs> my kid, as we speak, has his somewhere in his house. And, uh, you, you know, I, I would I would say this about it. Um, uh, you 
you know, if you're going to do something like this, uh, you know, it, it's that fine line between like, do I want to spend this money? And, uh, you know, how long is it going to take me to get return on investment on this? But if, if a skate sharpening costs anywhere from nine to 15 to 18 bucks, depending on the situation and the circumstance and everything, not to mention just, you know, being able to get it done at all. Uh, if, if you, if you're really committed, you're a family and you're committed to, to, um, you know, to the sport of hockey, it's, it's not a bad investment. I, I don't know. I don't know if you felt like yours paid off before it broke or not, but, uh, uh, Randy, but you know, um, well, I, we I, do have three kids in my house. And so we did yeah. get a lot of sharpenings off of those. You now know, my, my daughter, my middle son and my older son, uh, were all using the machine. Um, and so and uh, they, and they, they all knew how to do it, right? They, you, oh they, yeah. They learned yeah, how no. to do it easily enough. Well, Maggie didn't No, my daughter, <laughs> my daughter just handed him to her brother right. uh, and said, go do this. And in fact, that's almost the exact tone that she used as well. Go do this. And then they just do it for her and then hand it back to her. And she's like, Thank. oh, she wouldn't say thanks. What, what would you say? Yeah, she'd say something like, ah, not anything. Can, uh, can it be fixed, Randy, or is it unfixable? Well, that's a long story. I'm in the middle of a discussion with the lovely people at the tech or I'm sorry, not tech support, uh, customer service at Sparks. Um, and they OK, uh, do you want me to get into this? Yeah, well, sure. let, let me let me talk about the the two different. Uh, yeah, models OK, I tell first. you what, and and let then, Ralston talk and talk. give the audience real information. Then yeah. afterwards, I'll sweep it up with my bitching about the customer service at Sparks. And I'll I have add, a couple by the of way, notes for but you, but I'll, I'll give you an ending. I still have a paperweight in my garage. Go ahead, Ralston. <laughs> yeah, well, um, so the difference between the two is that the Sparks, um, it, the the it's they've got disposable parts, right? That there's the actual skating is taking you know a a, a diamond studded whatever you know piece of metal that's running along this blade and carving out some some of the steel off of the blade to sharpen it and those things uh wear out after a period of time the sparks ones are wear out that they call them rings the sharpening rings they wear out a lot faster than the ones that pro sharp uses so the kind of the the difference between the two is sort of in your in initial investment and cost it sort of depends all, all the time since they're competing with each other when you're looking at it. Um, but the pro sharp ones are, is a little more expensive because you've got this wheel that lasts for a couple of years. Whereas the, uh, the sparks and, and you can, you can maybe fill us in on this, uh, Randy is that those wheels wear out at a certain point and then you have to buy another one. So it's a lot more of like a disposable. It's, it's maybe like, you know, for people that have printers, like the sparks might be a little bit more like an inkjet printer versus the pro sharp, maybe more like a laser printer where, you know, the, there's the inkjet super cheap. I mean, this is not exactly uh, the perfect analogy, but you know, you get my point that it's, I love it. you're going to, you're going to spend no, it was less about a dollar, on it initially. Uh, what it came down to on the sparks was about a dollar per sharpening. That is a little bit more, maybe a dollar 10, but uh, each, each pair of skates, if you were constantly getting new wheels, or rings, as you're right, that's what they call them. The so, rings so would the, last. The, well, the other thing that that um, you know that means is that if you've got a family where you've got people with a couple different radiuses, not sorry, uh, hollows, 
then you need a different ring for each hollow. And so maybe that's, that's where the Sparks has a unique, you know, a, a, an advantage. If you want to be changing that wheel frequently or experimenting, then the fact that that's sort of more designed and, and those individual rings are cheaper is, is maybe an advantage of the Sparks. The, the only other thing I could say about them, they both work very similarly, both do a really good job. Um, they, uh, the, the Pro Sharp goes a little bit farther up on each end of the blade. Not that it really matters because, you know, you don't skate in hockey on your toe anyway, you know, and, and uh, what I think what maybe this is, people don't, it's not, you know, intuitive, but when you think about it, like, you know, what's the big difference between hockey skates and figure skates, figure skates, they have this, you know, jagged pick thing on the front of their skates that they can toe pick. Yeah. They can jump up on and run on and hockey skates don't have that. So that just tells you that, you know, what you have on the, on the tip of your skate isn't that important, but uh, now let me uh, interject, Dave. I'll just give my two cents, which is that uh, I'm not sure if Randy's aware, but the, but the shredders, the long beach shredders junior team out here, um, they have, I was told they have a sparks machine that is available to the players. However, my son is learning to do his own sharpenings because I guess uh, indirectly he's saying he wasn't impressed with sparks. So he would rather learn to do it the traditional way and is uh, sharpening his own skates now on a traditional machine. Yeah, like but Lance, it should be noted that Johnny does like the way sparks fly around him. And the girls do kind of crowd around when he's doing the sharpenings, you know, like, oh, you went to Shattuck and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's so much that he doesn't like the sparks machine as much as he likes the attention. Uh, you know, well, there you go. Well, yeah. isn't, isn't Gabe also, uh, didn't he learn how to use, uh, did, do, do sharpening with the machine and yeah, no, both of my kids, uh, both of my kids are, uh, well, I mean, both of them, uh, tried to get into the local rink. And one of the reasons you, you work for the rink is so that you can learn to sharpen skates and you can get cheaper stick times and, you know, um, and, and, and at, at, these are, at the, these are great advertisements for sparks and pro sharp in my opinion, because that's a lot of times who is sharpening your skates when you oh, yeah. your kids skate in there is the, is the 16, 17 year old that's, uh, just learned how to do it. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you. And yet at the same time, some of these kids are awfully, uh, picky about the way they skate and especially the high level players. I mean, the kids we're talking about here. I would have a lot of faith in what Johnny does. Uh, uh, that's uh, Lance's son, because he is very picky about the way he skates uh, and the kind of, uh, you know, balance and sharpness and all of that thing. Uh, I, I think I would trust some of these 16, 17 year olds uh, quite a bit. Um, but you're right. There are kids that I, I don't think are, are hockey players that uh, are back there as well. Well, also remember the guy at, at Pickwick, you'd be sharpening the skates and then like somebody would come in and talk to him and you'd see him there going on the, and then he turned. <laughs> 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 I love that guy. I really did. <laughs> I wonder where he is. I love he's that. There. Guy. He, he's there. He like talks there. while he's sharpening. Yeah. yeah he's still there. No, he, oh, he's good for him. He still runs the shop there, but anyway, I like that guy. I like yeah, that he's, guy he, he's, he's awesome. Um, yeah, no, no. Um, because, uh, there is one last topic on here that I want to talk about. Um, related to this and you're sort of um, I think you're talking around it a little bit 
which is that there's a whole nother aspect to to the skate, which is the um, which is called the the profile or uh, or or rocker. You'll hear you'll you'll hear both terms, and that's you know that's the amount the degree at which the skate has been um, has been sharpened at at both ends to to create a um, an arc. Um, and this can go anywhere from like, you know, a pretty extreme, like maybe a seven inch profile uh, down to, uh, to something maybe more flat. Like when you first buy the skates, a lot of times they're, they're you know, that blade is close to flat. So that, uh, you know, if you looked at it at the blade sideways or the skate sideways, you'd, you'd notice that, that it goes up at the, at the toe and up at the, at the heel, um, a new skate, the, the blades are not, that's going to be, they're going to be very flat. And um, that profiling is a real art and you can't find a ton of places in the, in the U S where there's people who will talk to you about profiling your skates or, you know, offer profiling. Whereas up in Canada, um, if you go up there, you know, it's, it's much more common, but uh, the profile for some, for a lot of players, they really do develop based on their style and what feels right to them, uh, a preference for a particular profile where a guy who really wants to be agile and be able to make a lot of quick turns and things like that might want, uh, you know, a higher profile or, or you know, a more extreme profile, maybe like a, a nine or seven inch profile. Whereas, you know, other players who just want stability and kind of like end to end speed, might have you know something closer to 11 or 13 inch so um the the thing about buying new skates as well is that over time you know as as blades do wear out the more you sharpen them um it, your kid buys you buy your kid you know a nice new pair of skates because the last pair wore out um they can get a really different profile and they go out and start skating and it's uh, suddenly everything feels different because the profile's very different than the skates they were sh uh, skating on before. So you kind of want uh, to have your, you know, if, if the kid's already succeeding and very comfortable with what they have, you want to talk to the place where you're buying the skates about matching the profile that they've, they've already been skating on. So um that's, that's another thing that I, I wanted to also just sort of conclude this whole little topic and talk about inline skates for a second. And I'm not going to say too much about them. Uh, I, I mean, uh, how do you of, sharpen inline skates coach? Um, they sharp, they're self sharpening. You skate on them, they sharpen. <laughs> uh, but the uh, uh, you know, in California, especially um, there are a lot of kids do inline skating as well as, uh, or play in, you know, inline hockey as well as ice hockey. Um, I, I think it's a great thing to be able to go back and forth between them. Um, th there's something to be learned from, from both, uh, things, but also there's just, uh, a lot more people are doing off season training, uh, especially in the States where there's not ice, uh, all year round or ice is expensive or hard to get to. Uh, there is a company which so, so the problem with inline skates, especially the, the, the early ones, you know, the basic ones that everybody got is that it's what's different is there is no profile. There is no, um, 
uh, you know, difference between the, the, where the, the front and the, the back skate, uh, wheels are touching the, the surface. And so that makes skating on them different technically from, from, uh, you know, the ice. So, uh, there is a company called Mars blades who has some tech that is built into the, the kind of trucks that you, or the chassis that you attach to the, the skates. It used to be that you had to buy that from them directly and you could then attach them to skates, uh, to boots, which, you know, own, we own a pair. Yeah. And, and so, but you can also now buy them directly from the company. Um, I, I highly recommend them, uh, you know, NHL players use them to train and, and the, the, that technology of the way that, that that's designed is a lot more like uh, ice hockey skating and that players can do things on those things that are much closer to what they're used to doing on the ice. Can I ask a silly tech question, coach? Yep. I also heard that there are some new blades out from Bauer that are like $250. They're carbon blades and they are fairly Mm -hmm. polarizing uh, amongst the population of skaters. Have you heard anything about them? Uh, we stayed away from them because uh, <clears throat> I've heard good and I've heard bad. Uh, no, that's, but uh, I would trust you. So that's a, that's uh, a great uh, that's a great topic um, that I probably should have talked about. And I, I thank you for teeing me up on that. Uh, there's a lot of difference in the blades themselves. So the first thing is, depending on the model of skate that you buy, um, there's a difference in. Well, the other thing that we have now that's amazing is that unlike my era uh, where you got a pair of skates and the blades were attached and there was never any changing that um, unless, uh, unless they broke or whatever, the skates you buy now for your kid, they have a n- neat little mechanism in them that you can just change a pair of blades. And so uh, a lot of people, if their kids, you know, spent you're, you're playing a lot of hockey might have a, a few sets of blades. Um, you know, so you have an extra, we have four sets of blades. Yeah, because, because you never um, want to be caught without it. Because we were in the middle of a playoff game, skate blade broke, and there was no pro shop at the rink, and uh, that pretty much puts you out of commission for the rest of the game if yeah. you don't have a backup pair of blades. Yeah, absolutely. And my, my kid's broken three skate blades, which I find incredible. Like that, just he's skating and it's the the blade snapped. So the, the other thing is that the um, height of the blades varies. So you can get blades, you can get uh, blades that are, that are higher than standard, which a lot of players do find they prefer because it's giving them a little bit more, um, you know, uh, distance from the bottom of the skate to the ice. And so there's some advantages to that in, for, for some players. Um, so you find that the, um, the more expensive blades with some different, and there's different types of technology involved, you can get like blades with, you know, harder, harder steel, steel that's been processed, you know, heat processed to be, uh, to hold up better. And then you don't have to sharpen those things as much and they don't degrade as fast. And then there's things like you were talking about, um, Randy, with the, like different types of technology built in like carbon. Um, now, uh, I think you got to be careful with the carbon uh, ones because they they are extremely hard, and because of that, 
Um, if you have a home scape sharpening machine, it might not even work with those blades. It might literally destroy or be just completely incompatible with the home sharpening system. And uh, so anyway, that's, that's sort of the issue with that. I, I gotta think that uh, the actual tech, uh, the skating on them probably has gotta you know, be, be great. And you know, because they're, they're really hard, um, you, they're probably more resistant to nicks and you know, losing an edge and all those kind of things uh, that, that can happen. But, um, but you do have to be, you know, careful. Uh, and, and, uh, the other thing I was going to say is yeah, well, one of the, uh, one of the things that uh, people have complained about, uh, and this is one of the reasons we didn't buy them is that they could never get them sharp as sharp as they wanted. Now, maybe they were using, I, I don't know what mechanism they were using. I don't know what kind of sharpener they're using. I'm not sure, uh, how they had them, uh, um, uh, you know, sharpened to begin with. But I will say that that was one of the reasons that that people were upset at the new, very expensive Bauer blades was uh, okay. people people were saying, I can't get them sharp enough. I, I can't get them as sharp as I want them to be. And I, I don't know whether that's true or not. Uh, or like you said, maybe it's just uh, they, they're not using the right uh, tools in order to sharpen them. Well, the, the well more... let me jump in there, Randy, and tell you really quick, too, just from our experience. So. Uh, Chris has used every blade imaginable. He's used a fifty. He's used fifty dollar blades, uh, which would be like the the bottom of the line. He's used seventy five dollar blades, which were the, like the middle of the road. He used the hundred dollar blades, and then the two hundred fifty dollar blades. And for his, again, it's all feel for the kid. And obviously, you know, he's got a lot of years of experience now, so he knows what he's comfortable with, and he knows what he's not. He's he's pretty much settled in on the $75 middle of the road for multiple reasons, but mainly it's just the comfort, you know, from how sharp the skates feel to, you know, strangely enough, he, he never felt like the $100 blades, uh, like he felt like the quality wasn't what he would expect from it. Uh, like Raleigh said, some blades are make you sit higher, some are lower. Uh, so all those different factors go in there. Now, when you talk about those, uh, uh, the what do they call the Mars blades, by the way? Yeah. Um, what we did was because for, for Chris to get the most out of, out of what they're intended to use, he needs to emulate the ice. So rather than buy like a Mars blade with a Mars boot and all that, we he actually took an older pair of his skates that he had outgrown or outused and had them put the Mars blades onto that. So he was using the identical boot that he would play a game in to, to emulate right. that feel because that's the other thing, and that's probably a whole nother topic. But um, you know, he'll tell you for every line that CCM or Bauer has, it's a completely different feel. And over the years, he's kind of gravitated towards one feel that he has to have and nothing else will do. So if you try to switch him, uh, you know, yeah. from a super tack to a this or that, he just can't go there because it just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel comfortable. Um, so he's now using basically the same profile of a boot for like the last you know, seven, eight years, because that's 
you know, and that's something that each parent's kid is going to have to kind of get into. But I would venture to say, whatever you learn in, and if you kind of stick with that for a while, your kid's going to grow up only wanting that particular boot. You know what I mean? I think they just get comfortable as opposed to maybe a kid who uses a different boot every year. Maybe. Yeah, well, the, the tech is changing a lot on, on these things. And, um, you know, since you got into this, we'll definitely put that, we'll do, a, you know, a future episode on this, the different skate brands and who they're, who they traditionally kind of been aimed at, like what kind of foot, it's mostly like what kind of foot size, but uh, or, or foot sort of uh, dynamic that, that the individual person has. Uh, it's a, that's a great topic. Uh, I can, we can definitely talk about that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, to, to go along with that topic, like for example, uh, I forgot whatever boot my son, John uses, I mean, he has, he's, he's got very specific needs. And if he uses his brother's boot, like he'll tell you, man, he is just raw on his arches for whatever reason, the profile that his brother uses just doesn't work for him in the shape of his foot. And vice versa, like if Chris right. tries to use John's blades, there's something in the heel or whatever that just doesn't work for him because they're both so ingrained and this is what feels right for me. But you can also hopefully talk about the fact that I guess that nowadays, supposedly there's the technology where they'll custom make the shoe for you at these stores. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that that uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of things changed with the Bauer line these last couple of years because it used to be that the different the different sort of sub brands had they were kind of designed for a different type of foot, and now you can get like a skate and have it have the boot sort of feel have like the internals of it feel exactly the same regardless of um, of the brand, um, but. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get far afield because uh, the the last thing I was going to say about your sort of Mars Blade thing, I I, uh, I agree with you. It, it's it's more complicated, more expensive to do what you're talking about. Uh, all this comes down to, hey, when you look at Mars Blades, you look at the company, you know, check them out. You'll see it's a not insignificant investment, and so as a parent. You know, um, if you're gonna get uh, if you're gonna get to the chassis, you probably want to do it for a kid whose foot has you know stopped growing or pretty close to stop growing. And then unless you know, you're made point, of money like Lance Alexander, I mean, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, or upper or, level management. It's it's a consideration. Do you want call him VP? Do you want to spend I all sneeze, that? I sneeze dollar bills, right, Randy? Yes, you crap out gold nuggets as well. Or, or yeah, or or if you're the type of person where it just doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, just, just then just go buy them. Why not? And buy yeah, a new new no. pair next year. Uh, the, the, hey, the other thing I was going to say about the skates is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, on the skate episode. Is that there's, you know, different sort of uh, models. No, that's not the right word. There's there's uh, lines which, which I would say like you know entry level, medium level, you know the uh, advanced pro and the the more you're spending on the skate the the more expensive the blade that comes with it is going to be so i think i think uh randy you were talking about the fact that the highest level bauer skate came with this blade and so people were unhappy because they're you know spending top dollar on these skates and they've got a blade that's supposed to be the best you can get and they're having issues with it 
but you can always swap out the blades. And like you were saying, I, I, I think I found like with my son, it's a similar type of thing where we're not getting the most expensive blades you can get, but we're getting something that's not the entry level. And what, as a parent, you got to be aware of is that you need to know, and the skate model, you need to know the model of the blade if you're going to go buy a second set of blades. You don't, you don't want to buy. Well, I think that's one of the things that all of us can, uh, I mean, uh, you know, one thing that we both, Lance and I both were, uh, got from you, I think, is that you probably should have two sets of blades uh, at a certain point for your kids uh, going into tournaments and going into, you know, competitive arenas. Uh, because yeah, if you spend all that money to go somewhere yeah. and your kid breaks his escape blade and he can't play for the rest for the last three games, you're going to rue yeah. the day you didn't spend. Well, and most kids have a backup stick, but I don't think all kids have backup blades. And I mean, it probably isn't quite the same thing. It's not a great comparison, no. but it is something you can't you, you about. can't borrow a backup blade from from your teammate like you can maybe borrow uh, a stick from from a teammate. Right. The one other I'll thing. T- I, okay. Well, oh, let me, ahead, throw, let me, I will finish uh, after this and, and, uh, and then let you guys r- run with whatever you got. But um, the other thing is if, if you're going to a place where your kid's going to play outdoors, like on a pond, just know like playing on a pond really does dull the skates very rapidly. There's a lot of crap in, in outdoor ice, you know, dirt and stuff that gets in there. So if your kid plays, you know, pond hockey for half the day and then goes and tries to play, you may find out that that's, uh, that's not a great thing, you know? And so you go on these trips and sometimes there's outdoor ice and it's really exciting in Minnesota or whatever. You want to have that second pair of blades to swap and have them skate. Not a recipe for success is what you're saying. Uh, well, yeah. I, I mean, it could literally be like your kid goes out and, um, you know, skates out three feet and then literally falls sideways because they have no edge left. And they're going, what happened? And it, and it, it funny, it, it's doesn't seem as bad on the, on the pond. And then you get out on the, on the, in the game and suddenly they can't skate at all. So you, you kind of want to be ready for that. Or, or in the old days, you, you just made sure you had to get your skate, your kids skate sharpened after being out on the, on the pond for, for five hours. Right. Uh, but, but this is, uh, you know, the, the modern way of handling that you just have two, two pairs of blades that are already sharpened and ready to go. And you can right. And out. for the parents who uh, haven't experienced that yet, uh, I, I think the boys were first year peewees. And and again, we didn't have that experience about, you know, I just assumed you bought your four hundred, five hundred dollar skates and you're set, you know, get them sharpened once in a while and you're done. I didn't even know that the blades were that vulnerable. But like like you said, Randy, I've had my son broke two blades in one game one time. So you have to have at least uh, another set uh, in case well, you need it. So in our- your kid was bashing them over the head of another kid, uh, Lance. There aren't many people exactly. who have kids that are that violent. Uh, and well, go what, to those so extremes. what happened was, yeah. uh, because you wouldn't, you would never expect it. So what happened was we were in, we're in Blaine, Minnesota, and we're on a, what, how many sheets, Randy? Are there 18 sheets of ice? I believe this there's eight, like, not 18. There are eight. <laughs> there's there's guys, a velodrome there, too, but uh, yeah. There's not more. Than, I thought there were more than eight. But, uh, it's, it's eight or ten. But I, yeah, I, so I, maybe I, it's the there's mecca. Eight, of, and, and, and tell you what, if someone wants to fact check me on this, uh, I've been in Blaine <clears throat> more recently than either of you bastards, and there's eight. <laughs> well, I, anyway, we I think were you're right. Blaine. It's probably eight. 
we were at Blaine, and it, like I said, it's got four times as many sheets of ice than the rinks that we typically play at. Um, and uh, anyway, so we're, we're in a game, you know, at the weekend tournament for Labor Day or, or Thanksgiving or whatever it was. And it's eight sheets of ice. So I figured it's a pretty advanced technologically. And Chris is in the middle of the game and the guy takes a slap shot and he goes down to block it. Puck hits his blade perfectly and just snaps it in half. And we're like, okay, now what do we do? And nobody on the team carried spare blades. And then much to my shock, Blaine's rink doesn't have a pro shop. So now we, so, so in desperation, so either your kid misses the last half of the playoff game or in our particular case, what ended up happening was a kid like one size too big happened to be watching the game. And he came over and said, Hey, look, kid, if you want, you can use my, my skates for the rest of the game. So he ended up, he had to stick like socks in the, in the toe of the skates because they were so loose and he played the rest of the game, but you know, but it was a valuable lesson, you know, it was a valuable lesson that now he go, he doesn't go anywhere without, he has like uh, four individual blades uh, in his bag. In addition to the two on his skates, just in case, you know, and, and again, as you get to those higher levels too, you know, it's 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 not unheard of for him and his teammates uh, at, at the junior level. They'll play, and between periods, they'll swap out their blades for another pair that's sharper after just one period uh, or two periods of hockey. Um, yeah, and the NHL, that you know, it's not unusual. Guys get their skate sharpened every period, depending on, you know, who we're Yeah, so but I did want to finish my, my story with a little antidote that I think some of the parents might enjoy out there. So, so my guys are eight years old, seven or eight years old playing hockey. You know, they're still new to the sport. And so I take their skates over and I have them sharpened. And uh, the 17 or 18 year old kid who's sharpening the skates, when he hands them back to me, he's like, Hey dude, these things are like razors. If you're not, if you're new to hockey, please be very careful. Make sure your little guys do not touch the blades because these things are sharper than sharp. And I said, okay, thank you. So I take the skates back and I hand them to my boys and they say, Hey, whatever you do, do not touch the blades because the guy said, these things are sharper than razors. And uh, of course, just as you would expect, they look at each other and they start running their hands over the blades. <laughs> and I was like, the guy just told you not to do that. And I remember they both looked at me like, like, you're crazy. It's fine. And then they start getting dressed. Then all of a sudden I look down and my one son's hand is just covered in blood everywhere because he had sliced his, his, you know, very hairline, but he had sliced his finger on those blades. So if you have little kids and they're new to hockey, make sure they do not touch those blades. And if they're yeah. anything like Lance's kids, make sure you don't tell them not to touch the blades. You merely <laughs> point at something colorful on the wall and say, hey, look at that while I'll help you lace these up. Well, let me, exactly. let me uh, tell you what, what we did back in the olden days in the 70s to check our blades. Uh, what you do is you, you take the, the blade. Fingernail. Yeah, you take your, exactly. You turn your, your thumb over and take your fingernail and just sort of rub it a little bit on the blade. And it should, if they're sharp, they're going to carve a little bit of, you know, your, your fingernail off there. Uh, don't do it too hard, but uh, you'll, you'll 
see whether or not, uh, but, but also, you know, the main thing that really is just visually inspecting um, your, your kids bl uh, blades, because the, the thing that, the thing about getting a sharpening is that um, the a sharpening does not necessarily uh, fix defects that happen in hockey, which is, you know, uh, all sorts of wacky things happen. A kid goes, you know, gets hit and they go sliding into the board's feet first and they're, you know, to block themselves, they put their foot up on the, on the dasher and uh, it can get a big nick or, you know, they step on a, somebody else's skate or they step on a, uh, a stick and you'll get, uh, you know, a whole section where they've lost an edge there and even sharpening that's not necessarily going to fix it. So when, when the kid's having some kind of issues, you know, they, they've got to get used to like looking and, and that's why re-edgers are good to have as well. There's these uh, relatively inexpensive, like little re-edger devices that you want to get for your kid in case they like lose an edge uh, that they'll literally help, you know, fix a, a defect where there's a whole chunk taken out of the blade and, and get enough of an edge that they can skate again and stop maybe in a direction where they're, they're falling. So, yeah, I think the battery operated one is called edge again. Uh, I yeah. Think, uh, I think I've seen that. Yeah, uh, gentlemen, can... do you mind? I mean, I didn't expect us to talk about uh, skate sharpening for this long, uh, but rather <laughs> than pushing into a new topic, I do have a couple of questions from emails. Uh, would you mind fielding those rather than moving on? Sure. Yeah. Whatever you or, want. Or does to somebody do. have a topic they are just been dying to share? No. <laughs> okay. Go for uh, it. Mark from Colorado Springs asks uh, about uh, D1 and D3. Uh, what is a good D3 program? And is there ever a time in which D3 is actually on par with or equal to, and I'm, I'm sure it doesn't mean exactly equal to, but division one, are there any D3 programs that you would think have uh, capabilities of getting your kid uh, almost as far as a D1 is what I believe he's asking. Oh, cause I was going to say, it depends what you're looking for, because I think, there are tons of D3 schools that'll give you just as good an education as a D1 program. I mean, if no, you're this trying, is all about hockey, my friend, I can almost guarantee you. Yeah. If, I mean, if you want to try to make it to the NHL, I was, uh, our advisor had told us, is it unheard of for a D3 guy to make it to the NHL? He said, not at all, but it's a lot more rare than D1. And I'm not, I don't know, Dave, do you know, I'm not familiar with individual schools that i could name as top d3 uh places to go yeah I, I think i think what you said is true if we're just purely looking at it as a hockey thing then then the gold standard is is d1 but when your kid's going to college uh a lot of people will make the point of like why are they going to college in the first place if it's not also about the college so there's plenty. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to say I'll get myself in trouble here. <laughs> there's some, there's some D one schools, which maybe aren't the best uh, educational institution that your kid could go to. Uh, or let's say, you know, there's, because the vast majority of kids that go to college aren't going to make, aren't going to be in the NHL, even if they play D one. Um, so they're what, they want to get an education too. That's, that's part of the quid pro quo there for both, you know, both of those levels. It's you're getting some, the kids getting some education while contributing their ability in the sport uh, for the bet, 
benefit of the school. So I would say, you know, it's, it, you also want to, in some cases, look at like, what, what is my kid want to do? You know, what, what are they want to pursue? Does this school have, let's say, maybe they want to be an engineer. They have a great engineering program, whereas they, there might be a D1 university, which either has no engineering program whatsoever, or, you know, it's, it's not any good. So, um, you know, there's a lot to, lot to uh, look at there. I, I think it's not an easy decision, but like you said, if, if um, I, I don't, I don't think that it's the case that there's, um, you know, D3 schools that are, uh, that are going to be considered sort of like, uh, I'll put it this way. So there's AAA and then there's AA and, you know, for, for youth hockey in the U S and everybody knows there is a few AA programs, which are really, um, they, they have a reputation as being, uh, programs that are probably as good as of the vast majority of AAA teams. And for whatever reason, they're just set on being double A. I think the question the guy's asking is, well, uh, can, can you tell me, is there some W3 or sorry, is there some D3 universities which are really like that? I'm sure there's some D3 teams which are damn good that could beat some D1 teams on the right day. Um, they won't play each other. And the, the, if your kid's going to a D3 school, they're not going to uh, have the same people looking at them if you're really, you know, if your goal is like, Hey, this is a, a chance for my kid to go and establish themselves and get to the NHL. Now, I don't know. I don't, you know, I've never thought about that personally. I don't, you know, that's, that's something that a kid, you know, has to, has to be looking at if, if their dream is to go play D one and then go to the NHL, then they probably are going to say, yeah, you know, even if this other school would be better, it's a, it's a D three program. I'd rather commit to this D one program, but you know, uh, that's the other thing. Like at the end of the day, you may not have any, uh, you know, any offers to, to be at any D one programs. So at that point, would, would I want my kid to, to play D three? If that's what he wanted, absolutely. And at the end of the day, if my kid really, you know, gets no offers to play anywhere and still wants to play college hockey and they want to play in a club program, I'd be like, yeah, well, let's, I'll get my checkbook open so you can continue to play and enjoy your, you know, and, and enjoy your sport. Okay. And now we've got Sylvie uh, from Coeur d'Alene. She asks if there's any, she's always getting offers uh, to buy pictures and all of the, the, I'm basically paraphrasing here all of the, the things that you spend money for memorabilia. Uh, there are thousands and thousands of opportunities to spend extra money on videos, pictures, uh, um, head, uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, all those things. <clears throat> Is there anything that you guys bought uh, that you consider a prized uh, memory from a tournament or something like that? Basically, what she wants to know is, is there anything that you have kept as uh, as a memory of? Because uh, there's so many things we are all buying as hockey parents. Is there anything that you think stands out far above the rest? Well, for me, I guess I um, would say um, I would say in the beginning, you know, when the boys were really young, you know, we were one of those families that we tried to buy everything. If we were going to a tournament, yeah, so did we somewhere. 
yeah, you wanted like the, the memory. Uh, we wanted some pictures from there. And, but, but you learn pretty quickly, at least me, um, the T-shirts and the hoodies and stuff, those were just, I mean, they were grossly overpriced most of the time. And uh, I, I, I think most of them are, are at goodwill now um, because the kids just outgrow them and don't care. Um, and then as far as pictures, I mean, my goodness, I, I have thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures of them that we had purchased. So as time went on, we stopped buying the shirts and hoodies and we tried to take more pictures and videos on our own. But what we do have and what we have done is like, if there was ever marquee moments, uh, I would say I would, I think it's worth the investment. So for example, this last year when, uh, the team uh, won the Pacific District Championships in advance to the national championship, which was a big deal for this team uh, because they were certainly not expected to be uh, a national uh, competition caliber team. So we did buy the video for that championship game um, because it was an overtime game to get <laughs> to get there. So it couldn't have been more exciting. And I gave the boys the option said, look, you guys are champions. Every time they win a championship of some type, I give them the option if they want a T-shirt, a hoodie, or whatever. Uh, they usually say no. But I do. I'll, I will get pictures and video uh, of championship games. And I, and I do cherish those. But do you know what, Randy? I, get, I just realized the biggest cherished items I have are the videos I took myself of just us along the way and, and i'll give you a perfect example they had a tournament in calgary and it was the first time the boys were going to get on a plane and play in a tournament you know so i videotaped them at the airport i videotaped them on the airplane uh in calgary us walking around in the snow them playing in the snow and you know what to this day that was like six seven years ago to this day I'll stumble across it on my computer and it will bring tears to my eyes. It's just great memories of a time we shared as a family, you know? I like that, Lance. I like it a lot. Um, yep. I can say that uh, from my standpoint, my family bought <clears throat> many of the memorabilia things that were offered to us. Uh, the only thing that kind of stuck around for us uh, for a long time, uh, each of my kids, the first year they played travel hockey and they had a real uniform with their name on the back and everything like that. We made a fathead uh, of that, of them in that uniform. <clears throat> so a fathead is like a, a five foot tall sticker that you put on the wall. Um, <clears throat> that lasted uh, through about three different houses that we owned uh, as my kids grew up. Uh, and I'd always find a wall to put them on. And uh, they were usually seven or eight when they first were in those. And they looked pretty good, uh, uh, even though uh, as they grew up, they, they changed a lot, of course. I liked looking at them like that uh, quite yeah, a bit. that's pretty cool. So <clears throat> that, that, was my, uh, that was my memorabilia thing. Like you said, the rest of it, um, you know, when they got old enough, uh, I, I, the, the big embroidered hoodies and stuff like that, they keep those uh, if, if you really want to do that. But um, the one thing that was a little different is the uh, the personalized, uh, you know, uh, huge sticker that you slap on a wall. It made them look like superheroes too. Yeah, that's that. Those fathead things are cool. Um, yeah. yeah, getting one for your kid—that's a great idea. Um, yeah, I, was, I was like I said, 
It was the only one year. It was the first year each of them had it. One was in a uh, West Valley Wolves uniform. And I think I know, you know what I'm talking about, Lance. And one was in a uh, Pasadena Maple Leafs uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the, pr- the perspective of this, uh, you know, when, when they're younger, um, yeah, you go to places and I would say I, I had the same sort of thing. It's like, well, if it was, if it was a tournament and they won, then I, you know, oh yeah, sure. We'll get, we'll get a sweatshirt, you know, um, half the team's doing it, maybe more, um, that, uh, but, but the, you know, as the kids get older, they don't really care about that stuff that much. I mean, I'm sure as you, you know, you guys have the same thing. Like I'm sitting here in my son's room as we speak. Uh, he's, he's at a different place. He's got, you know, jerseys from teams that he wore in the last three years, just sitting in a closet. He will never wear them again. Um, a bunch of trophies sitting on a, on a, a wall here that he, you know, doesn't care about uh, medals and things like that. So the only thing that I did that maybe is a little bit different from maybe some people is we all go through the thing where the, t- you get the team picture and the individual picture done. And I always spent whatever it was, uh, 20 bucks or whatever to get that mounted if that was an option. So now I have like this collection of all these pictures. Cause my feeling about it was always like, well, you don't have to pay any money for that. But if I got it in a way where I could just stick it on a wall or put it up on a, in a, in a, uh, you know, like in a bookcase, then I might, you know, I might still have these and, and want them. And so now I have like a nice collection sort of charting my kids uh, career uh, growing up and all the different teams he played for. And yeah, I can look at those, you know, pictures of him and his team and go, Oh yeah, I remember that team. And I remember those kids. Uh, uh, where can I, uh, can I tell you that you probably shouldn't be listening to cats in the cradle by cat Stevens while, uh, while looking at those. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to be the first Stevens. Like, is it come cat on. Stevens? No. Who is it? Um, that was, uh, uh was, was it Harry Chapin? Harry Chapin. Thank you. Ah, oh. Sorry about that. The cat. Well, it's a cat in it. So, so the cats in the crate. Might I say? Well, Cat Stevens has father and son. So maybe that's what you were thinking of. Maybe. Maybe. I, maybe I'm just a, a, a. You know. Maybe I'm just. Who's saying mother and child reunion? Oh, so yeah. weird. We were. That, we were just talking about okay, that. Come Lance. on. That is. Isn't that weird? It is. He brings Lance that up of tell. all the songs. It is radar. Talk. That is. Oh, that is. That's synchronicity. Why were you guys talking about that? It doesn't mean what you think it means. Go ahead, Raleigh. Tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um, we were talking about that song and the the mother and child reunion. That song. That title is actually was. Um, he was sitting. He used to go to a, a Chinese food restaurant, and that was a dish on the menu. Because if you listen to the the words of the song, you know it's it's. Uh, it, it, the song is about a pet that had that died and there's sadness sort of over it and uh so anyway so yeah, yeah it's chinese it's not about what you think it's about and he pulled that on me and i was having a great day and then he <laughs> pulled that crap on me and it, like for the rest of the day i was like what was how much of the rest of my like childhood it was a lie oh come on now, now let's let's not uh but but let's go back to how weird is it of uh, one billion possible songs that Lance could have brought up. He brings up the exact song that we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, that Lance, is freaking you know me how, out right you know now. You know how to keep us. Uh, yeah, you know how to keep us in line, Lance. You you always have that kind of sixth sense 
to keep everyone uh, to keep everyone going on on full uh, exactly. all, all cylinders. So, uh, but, Brent, but Dave just blew me away. I got to look it up now. I, I I thought it was like a mother and child who had been separated, maybe an adoption, and they're getting back together. It's probably steak and, and shrimp, just... Lance. It's probably steak and shrimp. <laughs> exactly. Mother and child, <laughs> steak and shrimp in spicy garlic sauce. And who had to ruin that for me? Dave Ralston. <laughs> Exactly. So, what's the cats in the cradle? Is that like oh, a, I'm sure that I'm sure Texas that's barbecue? Like, yeah, no, I, <laughs> no, I'm no, that's, how that's exactly power what got made. You know, the cats in the cradle is a new nuclear power plant. The silver spoon <laughs> is the person that's coming to run the damn thing. So no, I, that's that's very literally it something beautiful, about. and it's just nuclear power coming into your neighborhood to kill everyone. Oh boy. No, we we won't. Uh, we 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 shouldn't be relating to that because we're all hockey dads who spent like way too many hours with our kids on planes and cars, driving them to and from something. That's uh, exactly that a great connection. Uh, hockey is uh, the one thing that uh, uh, has constantly uh, kept us in motion as a family uh, and has brought us together more than it's pushed us apart. Yes. So, well, uh, gentlemen, uh, thank you. Uh, first of all, Ralston, the fact that you were able to talk about skate sharpening for that long, <laughs> absolutely fantastic i had because at the beginning of this uh, uh lance and i were saying you know i really don't have that much to say and lance is like i don't really have that much to say i was like ralston just take skate <laughs> sharpening and take it down to the minute details like the the micron level of skate sharpening for us and he was like well i don't know if i can do that and like two hours later we had oh no come on lance was will- like well, no, if you talk about this on the for wall. more than hang this 15 podcast minutes. on the wall of fame, <laughs> because anybody that ever wants to know anything about skate sharpening is going to come directly to you, Dave. Hey, hey Randy, Raleigh Ra- 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 just hit the nail on the head there, man. When you sign up, don't wake up our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so mean. Oh, God. Lance, leave it to <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening to the Youth Hockey Podcast. We, uh, we really appreciate the, the fact that uh, people have been streaming in in fives and tens recently. I think we had, what, 10 more listeners last week? 20? Uh, 30? Who, who knows at this point? It is, it's, I think we get like 100 new listeners of podcasts. I know, I know. It's a cultural thing. Uh, uh, please tell your uh, family members that would like us. Don't tell your family members that would not like us. We don't need we don't need our egos to be like uh, trampled on in the email. But tell anybody that uh, has a love of hockey or has a a, a youngster that wants to go through it, uh, uh, pass it along and uh, and see if we can build this audience a little bit more. Because I got to tell you, I really love to listen to Lance uh, and Coach Ralston uh, uh, give out the you know good feedback, quality things for anyone who wants to be part of the sport. So thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you again on episode 13, which I hope will be our Swiss edition. Yes, I'm going to keep on doing By the way, at 13, I might come on and go, oh, no Swiss edition now. But every time, I think I'm going to promo our, our Switzerland contact until it happens. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah, yeah. That sounds perfect. I mean, I'm the sure next the time, logistics I'm... and negotiations are going to take yes. some significant Time. I think I can get Effort. it done. I th- it's all going to be on, uh, by the way, if it doesn't happen, everyone can blame me. It's fine. Uh, so from all of us at the Youth Hockey Podcast, uh, keep sending your emails, uh, keep listening, and thank you for listening to this one. Remember to visit Gabe Gifford Hockey. The link is in the description and the webpage below.